months until like literally my last period lasted two years. And what? Uh, what? I'm and not even you were, kidding you. You were on your period for two years. For two years. So every day we're putting on a pad because you had bleeding. Putting on multiple pads because it was heavy bleeding. It was just the most like it was probably the most traumatic two years of my life. I'm Rina Dittianabil, aka Mummy Imperfect, and you're listening to The Sisterhood of Mummy Imperfect, the podcast where you get your weekly dose of girl chat and the place where we explore womanhood. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about PCOS, that's polycystic ovary syndrome. So polycystic ovary syndrome is the most common female hormone condition and it manifests differently in each person and it can be incredibly incredibly devastating to an individual's self-esteem and also the quality of life. This month is PCOS Awareness Month. So PCOS charities and organisations such as Verity in the UK and PCOS Awareness Association in the US, they're aiming to raise awareness and increase understanding about this condition. So I got diagnosed with PCOS when I was around 20 years old, so quite a long time ago now. And then today I wanted to talk to someone else who has PCOS and just talk about how it's affected them and how they're managing it. So I'm joined now by a PCOS warrior from Toronto. I think it's from Toronto. Uh, yes, and yeah. she she has a really nice name too, Rena. <laughs> Welcome to the Sisterhood of Mummy and Perfect, Rena. Thank you so much for having me today. <laughs> no worries. You are in Toronto, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so it's quite early there. So thank you so much for joining me. So listen, you raise awareness about PCOS quite a lot. Um, when were you diagnosed with it? Um, so I was actually diagnosed uh, when I was 26. I'm now 29. So mm-hmm. it's still a fairly recent diagnosis. Uh, for me, my symptoms started, though, like when I was in elementary school. So it was a very long process to get diagnosed. So when you started your period, did you you know that something wasn't right? Was it irregular? Because that's, well, well, that's what mine was. It was irregular bleeding. Yeah. So the thing is, like, you know, I come from a South Asian household and like we don't talk about these things that openly. So, you know, I wasn't 100 percent aware that something was wrong. I, like, I myself didn't know that I was supposed to get it every month. Um, I only realized once I noticed my friends, they knew when their period was coming every month. And I'm like, how the hell do these people know? Right. Like it was just so like a foreign concept to me. So then that's when I mentioned it to my mom and we went to the doctor and we realized, OK, she's having irregular periods. Something's up. Um, but yeah, other than that, I had no idea that something was wrong for the first little while. And when, <clears throat> so did they say to you, go on a, uh, the pill to, to yeah. regulate them? Cause I, yeah. I think they gave me the pill. I'm sure they did. Yeah. That was like the only option that was kind of presented to me. Um, my doctor at the time had like, he hadn't really, um, done any further investigating he said you know this is kind of normal some girls just get irregular periods just go on the pill it will fix the issue right um so that's kind of what happened for me did and did it help 
Um, absolutely not. It actually, I felt like made things a lot worse. I was starting to get a lot more. Um, so I was very sensitive to the pill. Um, I was having things mm-hmm. like suicidal ideation, you know, mood swings. It was just insane. Like the the weight gain, the acne. Like I know a lot of women, um, they say the opposite where when you go on birth control, it helps with your acne. For me, it was like the like way opposite. I had acne <coughs> with my face scarring. It was so bad. So we tried to like for a few years, you know, he tried to put me on different kinds of birth control to see like maybe that just wasn't for me, um, you know, and it just kept getting worse over the years. So mm. eventually I was just like, yeah, I've had enough. I mean, for people that don't know what it actually is, like, what do you think the best way to describe polycystic ovary syndrome is? Mm-hmm. So polycystic ovarian syndrome is a hormonal disorder. Um, there's still a lot of talk about whether it's like a, like a metabolic disorder, if it's endocrine. You know, there's a lot of um, talk about that. But um, I think as more research is happening, we're starting to realize that it actually really affects so many different like systems in your body. Um, basically, um, it's characterized by um, high levels of androgens in our bodies that cause things such as like facial hair, um, excessive weight gain, um, not in everyone though, um, and other things, you know, like hair loss on your head, um, infertility, you know, is one of them that's talked about very commonly. So, um, and it usually does start within the adolescent years, um, but it takes a few years to really diagnose properly. And are there actually little cysts on the ovaries? Um, that's what not. I was told, but that, that was ages ago that I was mm-hmm. told that, that, oh, you have these little cysts on your ovaries, they're not dangerous, don't worry about it. So actually what they're saying is, so not every um, woman who has PCOS will actually show cysts on their ovaries like in an ultrasound. Um, there's, I think there's a misconception that they're cysts. They're actually little follicles that are on the ovaries, um, and they prohibit like ovulation, so you wouldn't be able to release an egg. So they just, they're just there. They're follicles, but they're not. Not every single woman who has PCOS will have these show up on an ultrasound. Okay, and and the thing is, like when I was, this was ages ago, right? When I was um, diagnosed with it, and I was like, oh, okay, what is that? And the doctor basically said to me, he's like, look, um, and this is probably out of date now, but he just went you know, you, um, he, he said that the hormones levels, you know, because I, I had acne all over my back and a bit on my chest as well. And it was a real big problem for me. Um, and I, I put on weight quite easily on my middle. So he's like, look, you have these because of these hormone levels, because you have these little cysts on your ovaries. And then I was like, oh my God, what about having babies and stuff? He's like, you know, it'll probably be fine. But he said, you might, you might, um, start your menopause earlier than normal. And he was like, um, and you need to watch your, um, your weight he said to me and that has stayed in my head from then he's like you need to watch your weight because he's like if you when you put on weight it's going to be around your middle that's where you're going to gather it and that is kind of the uh danger zone for things like uh diabetes and heart disease and things like that and I mean I have that in my family anyway Mm -hmm. so he kind of said that that was all related to it and that is a thing that I've had in my head since then and then even when I was in my early 20s like when I met my husband I was like oh no you know what I might have difficulty having children because I've got PCOS and it wasn't really like it wasn't even a talked about thing then and he was like oh I'm okay and I was even talking about like adoption and things like that like we never even had tried to have a baby because I was so scared of like oh it's gonna be like you know I'm gonna have problems and things I I didn't um you know I didn't and, and I've got three children but is is that the same kind of uh diagnosis that people get now or has it changed? You know what? It really depends on um, 
the individual physician that you're seeing. A lot of people won't even get that much information, to be honest with you, which is kind of concerning. Mm. Um, you know, like a lot of the information that I retained was actually through my own research. Um, I find that, um, you know, like I have a little bit of a medical background. I am a nurse. So even when I was going through my schooling, PCOS wasn't really something that was talked about. So unless you go into like a specialty course, I'm assuming it might be a little different. But um, with general practitioners, like from the most that I've seen, like a lot of people don't even get that much information, Um, you know. A lot of the times when you ask about fertility, if you're young, they'll still tell you you're, you're going to be fine. Um, but uh, for the most part, you don't really get the whole conversation about um, the other conditions that can come from PCOS, like the diabetes, the heart conditions, um, the risk for uterine cancer, like none of that is really discussed. Um, and then in terms of weight, um, a lot of women from that I've talked to usually... Um, end up being like weight shamed or you know told that if they lost weight all their problems would go away but the problem is they're not really told how to lose weight or given the support for that right Mm -hmm. um so I guess it really depends on who you're seeing yes yeah and and that um the weight thing and where you hold your weight like I have heard a lot of people talk about this you know, oh, you've got PCOS, oh, okay, so she's got PCOS, so that's why she's a little bit bigger, or she's finds it hard to lose weight, or the weight's around the middle, and it's kind of associated with a typical shape, right, mm-hmm. and it's something that you have to control, like, did you did you find that with yourself, because I, I found it with myself, that if I put on weight, always around the middle, and it's just like, and it's so hard to keep on top of that for me to kind of keep it to a level where I'm like okay I'm looking after myself and do you know what I mean because I could very easily balloon but if I balloon it it wouldn't be all of me I wouldn't be like you know how some people like oh you know what I don't have to be a size um eight or whatever we call it eight here it's probably a different sizing there but like very slim I don't have to be a model I can be curvy for me the curves would just be like this (laughs) like it wouldn't even be an hourglass because I can't have that I, I think it's have... more of like an apple shape. An app, yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of associated with it, right? Is that particular shape? Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what it's like for me. I mean, I do gain weight, and uh, like now that I'm getting on my bigger side, I am starting to gain weight a little bit more in my face and stuff. But majority of my weight is definitely in my stomach area, um, and for me, it's been very difficult to put like that weight off. Like I go to, I've been going to the gym consistently for two years. I've been working out. I've been eating healthy, and I just. Can't cannot take the weight off for the life of me and it's really frustrating because you know when you put in all that work and you still don't see the results it's like what is the point of this you know so yeah and I find that a lot of women say the same thing it's very difficult and it's kind of like off-putting to want to to want to like put in that much work into your body you know and and the weight it does stick there it does stick there because yes you know I and I've I've got friends, for example, who if I hung around with certain friends, they would be like chocoholics and they'd be eating loads and loads of chocolates. Like, oh, have some. Nothing would happen to them. I would have <laughs> half of that amount and I'd be like, oh my God, like I've got overhang, overhang of my genes <laughs> yeah. because I've been hanging around with you for two weeks now. I need to stop this because my body just reacts differently. And it's like, it's so frustrating. It's like, oh my gosh, why is it so it's such a mission for me like I, I totally understand and what the doctor said to me is it's a very valid thing like you know technically if you have that fat at the at the front of your stomach it is around your organs right so it's mm-hmm. you know you do have to control that 
Like, is, is that kind of, is that an issue that you have to think about a lot in life? I think about it every single day of my life. Um, you know, I've had like such a disordered pattern of eating because I just like, I like I've had such a bad experience mm-hmm. when it comes to diet culture and everything. Like, you know, I was like, um, like I come from a South Asian family again. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know how our people are. They they don't hold their tongue back, you know. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> so before anyone even knew, like I had a condition, like I was getting a lot of comments, like how I need to eat more salad. I need to do this. I need to do that. Um, so, you know, it really stuck with me and it hurt a lot. So there was a lot of times where, you know, I would try every, every, I've yeah. trust me, any diet that's been out there, I've tried it. Um, and yeah, like, I've just come to the conclusion now that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to, I'm more of on an intuitive eating pattern right now. Um, mm. And I find that that works best for me because you could, you could try all the diets in the world, but they're not sustainable, number one. Anything that's no. restrictive, you know, like, the second you go back to eating normally, you're going to put the weight back on. So, yeah. It's a lifestyle, isn't it, really? Like, you yes. literally have to make it. So you, yeah. And that's why you do have to think of it every day I guess it's thinking about it every day until it becomes this second nature thing and that you've kind of made your lifestyle a certain way that you're just automatically gonna follow with a certain lifestyle right Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't go into it like, oh, like I'm doing this because I want to look a certain way or I want no. to like lose like 50 pounds. If you go mm-hmm. into it with that mentality, I'm, I promise you it's not going to work. You got to look at it from like a whole holistic perspective. Like I'm doing this to nourish my body. I'm doing this to make my body feel better. I want my hormones to be balanced. Like, you know what I mean? So when you're when you're working out like instead of killing yourself in the gym doing like Mm -hmm. an hour of cardio um you know you're better off like taking your time with it taking your time weightlifting doing cardio that you actually enjoy like dancing or something like that um you know like stress is actually known to make it actually worse yeah so when you're doing those workouts like crazy cardio you're just putting way more stress on your body and then when you're not seeing those results that stress as well like that's just going to make you gain more weight like in our body bodies so you're better off just enjoying the process and like you know that the slower the results I find the longer it lasts so yeah I I literally spoke to someone else about this the other day that it's literally about enjoying or trying to enjoy that journey right Mm -hmm. of the health the well-being the maintenance and like it's so not natural to some people because if you're used to that that coming second to everything else in your life like it's not natural but like trying your best to enjoy the journey like do movement that you enjoy like exactly what you said like eat foods that actually are enjoyable to eat even though they're healthy like do you know what I mean it's not just have mm-hmm. to boring salad leaves and all this kind of thing like but it's effort to do it obviously isn't it Oh, absolutely. Like, but that's the thing, like for myself, like I've changed my mindset where it's like, why? Like I put in so much effort to like, please everybody else. Like, why mm-hmm. is it that I can't put in a little bit of effort in myself every single day? Because I deserve that much as well, like to show up for 100%. myself, right? So, you know, if like, if you're going to the mindset, like, oh, this is a chore to do, then yeah, you're not going to enjoy doing it. And you're not going to do it for a long period of time. Whereas if you kind of look at it, like I'm doing this for me. And, you know, you slowly you'll see that you actually like it becomes habit. Right. And it feels good. You get addicted to how good you feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, because with 
PCOS, like there's a lot of anxiety, there's depression, there's like so many things that we struggle with mentally. And when we start to do like these things for our body, over time, you realize your mood actually changes as well. So it's not even just about the weight loss. It's about the overall changes in your body and how you Mm -hmm. feel the like just the boost of energy you get, you know, is insane. So like it's just it's more than just the weight loss for sure. Um, Yeah. I, I do think that finally, like, after having three kids and everything, I feel like I am at that point where I'm addicted to the feeling. Not addicted, but I know that feeling of the feel-good thing, and I like it. And, like, so, like, if I'm like, oh, you know, let's order pizzas and this and that, or it's been a real trashy weekend, I'll be like, oh, my God. I, like, I just feel, I don't feel good. And it's not like, oh, my God, I'll put on, like, you know, so many pounds over the weekend because... I actually haven't. I haven't. You know, I'm gonna wake up Monday morning and look completely normal. But it's that feeling, isn't it? You just, you just feel shitty about yourself and like, oh, oh I don't, I don't like this. It's almost like a hangover, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like it you is. feel like your body needs to detox. It's insane yeah. how sensitive we are to just about anything. You know. Mm. Yeah. So so, okay. So you basically got affected with PCOS and you know with the with the weight gain and obviously the irregular periods but were there other things as well yeah absolutely so my biggest thing is like you know with a lot of women with PCOS um their experiences that they have missed periods uh for me it was actually the opposite so it started off with missed periods for a long time and then what would happen is like I would get a period and it would last like two weeks um, and then I'd go another three months with that one. And then eventually it would be like, okay, my period lasts a month. And then like nine months without one, you know? And then that would happen for years until like literally my last period lasted two years. And what? Uh, what? I'm not even you kidding were, you. You were on your period for two years? For two years. So every day we're putting on a pad because you had bleeding? putting on multiple pads because it was heavy bleeding it was just the most like it was probably the most traumatic two years of my life um you know I was affected completely like financially because period products cost a lot yes, exactly. um you know mentally physically I had no energy I was very anemic um you know just intimacy with my partner was definitely affected there was so many things in my life that were affected by this um so yeah and during that year you know the the facial hair was getting much worse um the acne the mood swings the hair loss my hair was literally falling out in patches um you know people couldn't tell because of how I wear my hair but like at the top you could see, really see my scalp because, like, I, I was so scared to even just wash my hair because the second you put your hands yeah. to it, it's just, like, a big clump in your hands. Um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely difficult. And the irony of you get body hair, but then your hair on your head where you want it to be. <laughs> it's like what the hell is happening I know like in every way I always say it's like the gifts that just keep on coming right yeah I know (laughs) like that is an absolutely awful experience that two Mm -hmm. years you have that and then what were the doctors saying about it could nothing be done (sighs) they were so frustrated I think you're frozen are you back yeah okay sorry um so they were actually themselves kind of frustrated like I had to go to multiple specialists it wasn't just one like they couldn't figure it out they were just like oh you know what maybe it's just your PCOS um because my blood work would come back normal um the only thing that wasn't normal was my insulin levels which were very high um but um you know other than that they couldn't find anything when they did ultrasounds 
um, you know, the, the concern was of like uh, uterine cancer because that is a, actually a risk with PCOS. Um, so when they did my ultrasounds, my last one, she said that the lining did kind of look a little precancerous, but when we did a biopsy, it came back okay. benign. Um, so that is something we are checking out just to make sure. Um, but other than that, they still can't figure out why I'm on this end of the spectrum, you know. Mm. Um, so right now it's just pretty much this is PCOS. Um, but I still haven't really met anyone that's been this extreme yet. Mm, that um, is. I, yeah, so, um, yeah, I could say yeah, that's no, been that's, quite a journey. It's a, a lot to, to deal with. Um, okay, so a lot of physical and emotional impact mm. of that then. Mm-hmm. Are, are you do, do you worry about um, having kids in the future is that something that you would like to do absolutely like you know ever since I was a little girl I've always known that I wanted to be a yeah. mom which is so weird but before even thinking about marriage that's what that's always been something that was in my heart um, you know right now because I was in school for so many years I really haven't been trying like crazy to be having a baby like I always kind of was on the men- mindset that if it happened I would be the happiest person in the world but like right now I'm not actively trying but now that my partner and I are getting to that point where we will eventually start trying um, it is definitely an anxiety of mine um, I'm just trying to like go into it with a positive mindset you know either way whatever the outcome is I'll still be happy but um, it is definitely something that's there lingering you know like if it mm. doesn't happen what happens then yeah um, you know I so. I was worried I was worried as well I remember I was but it you know it was it was fine um, but then I do know other people who uh, they did have issues, but then they were put on um, a fertility drugs like uh, I think it was Clomid or something. Yes. Have you had a Clomid? Yes. And then and then that does work for some people, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, but then I see like the other end where it's like I've met people who have been trying for like a decade, and still nothing. You know, so it's like it's it's hard to say. Everybody's so different. Um, mm. Like I know some friends who've had PCOS and they're like fertile like crazy. Like they're just popping out babies like nothing. Yeah. And there's other people who have been trying for so long, like I said, and nothing. So it's hard to really say, you know, which. It is. Even. But then sometimes I feel like um, if people haven't got PCOS and you assume, okay, you know, I'm going to try now. And sometimes it just doesn't happen for whatever reason, yeah. isn't it? Like yeah. it's just, I think with women, it's one of those things that you kind of think, oh, I'm having a period and like I do have periods or maybe they're not regular or, you know, I want to start trying now. I'm going to start trying and it's going to happen the first mm-hmm. time I have sex when I'm trying. But yeah. that obviously doesn't happen for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's, yeah, with, with PCOS and, and, and not. So, you know, it might, it could be fine. Um, There's also this kind of, I think, there's a um a school of thought like okay if you do have a baby your hormones will get sorted out they'll calm down or they'll I don't know things will get realigned have you heard that as well I've actually heard that a lot like one of my friends like when I was going through the whole like two-year period she even told me she's like Marina just get pregnant you'll be fine after and I'm like what are you talking about but like I don't know in your experience has that been true because well, I that's what I was going to say to you. Um, I Things have happened. I think um, my hormones have changed definitely because remember I told you that I had really bad acne all over my back and I'm talking from the age of 13 to 30, which is when I had my first child. At, I got pregnant at 29. So until I was 30, so 13 to 30, 
it was acne to the point where I didn't go swimming for years because I was like, I don't want anyone to see this. I was like covered, right? And then it was on the chest as well. That just literally went away like this after I had my first baby. It went away. And, and you know, like, I was like, oh my God, like I can wear black backless sari blouses. Oh my gosh. Like, wow. I can actually like wear like swimsuits. And, and then I thought, okay, maybe it will come back afterwards or maybe when I have more kids, it will come back you know so far it hasn't when I hit menopause who knows maybe I will get it again I don't know Mm -hmm. but that actually went away and then the irregular periods that I had then actually did become regular they did become quite regular and things like other stuff happened like you know I used to have a lot of body hair very hairy arms and legs and you know now my daughters will say to me oh mommy do you shave your arms I'm like no I don't and I used to have really hairy arms but it's there's a slight I think it's hormones, isn't it? Those hormones have shifted something. The balance has shifted. So I've noticed these things. And obviously they're positive things. And I do try and focus on those positive things because my body has been like wrecked in so many other ways from having kids. <laughs> that I'm yeah. like, at least this has happened. Yeah. These are positives, you know. <laughs> um, so so for me, I guess it did then. I guess yeah. it did. So what you're saying is I need to ask my partner to just knock me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't wait around just get off yeah no yeah that's definitely a concern just because like you know I'm hitting 30 that like next month and you know I'm getting older I just don't want to like wait another 10 years and find out like my chance is gone either right so that's yeah definitely yeah like I don't know do you feel ready because I am definitely ready just it's the more financial part of things you know I think things are a lot different now than they were like even a decade ago like in terms of like I don't know how it is living um where you are but like in Canada the cost of living has gone up so much that like even just trying to get like a house here is so difficult uh, for our generation so there's a lot of things that we still need in place before we decide to actually start trying like that so the goal is next year (laughs) but we'll see well I I feel like in the UK it's so it's super expensive as well those things house and stuff and then you know you have in your mind oh I want to have a nice little family house and then fill it with kids and so you kind of want to do it that way right mm-hmm. um but then sometimes it's like I don't know I I feel like n- not everything can be perfect at the same time yeah and it absolutely. and it's never going to be perfect at the same right time right so it's kind of mm-hmm. it's there's never I just think there's never a perfect time and and listen to your body and you know so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I got some reevaluating to do <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so so this this PCOS month like how do you think you know us talking about it and and having a, a whole month to raise awareness like how can it help people Honestly, I think it's the greatest thing ever. And I think it should be way more just than just one month. Um, I think that, you know, like a lot of the experiences with women like, you know, in our age group is that uh, when we were younger, there wasn't a lot of knowledge about PCOS. So it takes a long time to get diagnosed. And if we keep talking about it, you know, for future generations, like I would rather them like be able to identify something's wrong, like right away when you're 13 or 14, whenever your symptoms start to be asking those questions to your physician then and there, you know, and getting a diagnosis much sooner. Like I think about, you know, insulin resistance, all these different things that come with PCOS. If I had known about this in my teenage years, 
I probably would have had lived a different lifestyle that would avoid so many years of like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, like everything that I've gone through. I don't think I would have had to go through that if I had known much sooner. So if we keep talking about it, I feel like for like future generations, they it would help them get diagnosed much sooner and, you know, get help and support. Um, so that's basically the main thing. I think that, that why it's so important to keep talking about it. Yeah. I, yeah. I also think that like for girls um, who start their periods, I think it's really important to track that. Like just yesterday, I downloaded this app for one of my kids um, who's 12. And I was like, look, you know, have this, this app. It's, it's for teens. So it's not like, you know, like you get like apps for like, periods and ovulation and fertility I'm like no nah, no nah, not them this is a t- it's a teens one so it's just like it's very cute I'm like no 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 you don't want to do that so there it's it's like um just it's quite cute and it's like how do you feel and it's got like different facial expressions like how you feel on this day did you have to wear a pad on this day um you know uh how many days have you been on your period and and all this kind of thing so it's kind of and I just felt like you know what that it's really good because it's a way of getting in tune with your body, like what is going on with you. I feel like this because of this. I have, I'm getting spots because I'm due one. Or, oh, I haven't had my period. I should talk to somebody about it, not just wow. sit there and wonder why, which is what I did and what you did. Mm-hmm. So I, ju- I do feel like, you know, teaching young girls is, is quite important as well. To just Absolutely. know what's going on with them, seeing a kind of pattern. Yeah, it kind of breaks that shame as well that I feel like a lot of us are given about having periods, which is something so natural. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're so shamed about talking about it or even just trying to understand it. Like, you know, I feel like over time you kind of get a disconnect with that part of your body. Um, so that's actually pretty awesome. I didn't even know that there was like an app like that for specifically for teens. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually so awesome. Like if that inv- like actually existed around like our time. I like, know. I feel like it'd be such a different experience for sure. I know. Like I would even just know what to say when I go to the doctor, you know, because that's another thing. What do you say? Like when you go to the doctor, you don't really know how to advocate for yourself. So that's that's actually amazing. Are your family quite supportive of um, the way that you're managing your PCOS and, and what's happening with you? And um, I would say like... I don't know about supportive because I don't think they still understand much of it. Um, My mom is very, like, you know, very much more supportive. But when it comes to extended family, they still make a lot of, like, inappropriate comments. You know, like, a lot, there's this misconception that women with PCOS are just lazy. Um, You know, they're making excuses, kind of using PCOS as an excuse not to lose weight. Um, You know, I had a very, very... um, difficult conversation the other day when my family came over and like a lot of inappropriate things were said about you know me doing this to my own self and my partner leaving potentially leaving me because I'm trapping him into not having a kid um these are very real conversations that yeah these are really weird things that that were said to me so I still don't feel 100% supported by my family you know they just don't understand what Mm. it is um that I'm going through so I mean, unfortunately, that's very common. I feel like a lot of women definitely face that as well, like getting shamed and thinking that PCOS is their fault. And if they just lose weight and, you know, got off the couch and actually did some work, um, PCOS would not be a thing. But that's not the case. 
no yeah, yeah gosh that it's that's quite a lot to deal with then right oh yeah it's hard because you're already hard on yourself you're already struggling with your own relationship with your body and then when you have insecurities and then the rest of the world is almost like um validating those insecurities you yeah. realize it's not just in your head the world can see this you know um so it, it definitely is really difficult dealing with that well thank you so much for coming on to talk about it because you know just opening up and sharing your experiences is, is really good and i think it will help other people as well um do you know where people can turn to for support because like in the uk i would say um to go to the gp you know and also um like there's this charity here veritypcos.org and it, that's run by people who have pcos and they do lots of um kind of awareness things and stuff is there something where you are like that or is there like a international thing do you know about any Unfortunately, there isn't anything really here in Toronto right now. We do have a PCOS clinic at the Women's um, College uh, Hospital, but unfortunately, the wait list for that is about two years. Um, oh, so, you know, I've already got myself on that wait list um, about a year ago. Um, but other than that, one thing I definitely would suggest is instead of just going to your GP for help with the PCOS, asking for a referral to a hormonal endocrinologist. That's not something that's commonly done, right? Right away but um, they are probably the best people to really understand PCOS and you know mm -hmm. investigate what needs to be um, investigated so that's definitely something I would suggest a lot of people don't know that they actually exist so okay yeah. cool yeah, that's good advice mm -hmm. so thank you so much Rina it's been really nice talking to you thank you um, for having me <laughs> no worries <laughs> and um, if people want to find a little bit more about your journey then where can they follow you yeah, so they can follow me on Instagram at underscore FXCKPCOS. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so guys, thank you for listening. And um, make sure you do follow Rina and uh, find out a bit more about her journey. And share this, you know, whether you have PCOS or not, you know, we are all women and we need to be aware of what our fellow sisters are going through. And it's really good to have that knowledge about the female body. So definitely please do share this podcast um that's it from me from rena and rena see you next week bye queens